This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Throughout the nation and around the globe, from his heart to yours, it's Dear James Live on the radio here on the Contact Talk Radio Network, bringing you intuitive insight, answers, and advice to your life questions. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Dear James Live on the radio here on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Today's show is an incredible, incredible honor for me. I have the honor and privilege to have Chris Griscombe, the founder of the Light Institute in Gallo, Galisteo, New Mexico, on with me. And before I bring Chris on live, I just want to give you a little bit of a flavor of her incredible background. Um, she is an internationally acclaimed spiritual leader, healer, teacher, and visionary. She is the author of 14 books that have been translated into 13 languages. As I said a moment ago, she is the founder of the Light Institute and the Najoni School for Global Consciousness that was established back in 1985, almost a year shy of 30 years ago. And it's in the ancient pastoral village of Galisteo, New Mexico. And Chris is also her humanitarian services and contributions in holistic health and education have been twice recognized by the Indian Board of Alternative Medicines based in Calcutta, India. The board awarded Ms. Griscom with the Sua Chakra Award in December of 1996. Past recipients of that amazing award include Mother Teresa and the Dalai Lama. And she was again honored in December of 1999, where she achieved the lifetime, I'm sorry, where she has received the Lifetime Achievement Award from the same board. And I had the personal privilege and honor of working with Chris uh, just in June a few months ago. Um, and one of her amazingly talented uh, Light Institute facilitators, Amy Adams, who has been with the Institute for 16 years. And so this is a distinct honor and privilege. So, Chris, good morning. How are you? Oh, how could I be any differently than wonderful with that kind of introduction? Thank <laughs> you, James. You're very kind. Well, I, you have you have earned it. I, I said to you, and I was, I'm going to say this at the beginning of the show to my listeners and at the end. To sit in front of Chris Griscombe is to sit in front of a master. And Chris, when I, when I came to the Institute and I sat before you, there is something that is instantly palpable about your wisdom and your knowledge, um, your grace, the, the work um, that you are doing on behalf of humanity. And I wanted to ask you, where did it all begin? How did you come to this? Well, we like to think, Jim, that uh, James, that, you know, uh, suddenly we're struck by a bolt. And in a way, I was struck by a bolt the first time I ever meditated in this lifetime. A bolt of white light split open my head. I couldn't see or talk for almost a day. There was that. But, you know, I think that all of us have this wisdom that we come in with it through our many incarnations of the soul and uh, children exhibit this all the time and certainly uh, I had many many experiences as a small child like that but I would say that the beginning of 
of what I do now came when I was in the Peace Corps uh, through not such a pleasant experience, but an illuminating one when a child died in my arms and I had not been prepared for death. You know, in the States, we just cover, take them to the hospital, put them in white, you know, and let somebody else take the responsibility. And this child that died in my arms, she looked up at me and her soul passed through my eyes. I became hysterical uh, I really lost it, um, and I cried and screamed at God, and you know, said my life was over, and felt very dirty, etc., for wow. three days. And at the end of the three days, her spirit came to me and said, "The choice of my death was mine, but the moment of my death was my gift to you." And that's when mm. all that I had experienced suddenly coalesced into a truth that I couldn't escape. You know, I'd had many out-of-body experiences, experiences with spirits, etc. But when that happened, it was like a slap that brought me into the recognition that uh, who we are and our realities are much more uh, textural than just a flat surface. And that was the beginning of, I think, being brave enough to begin to um, work with or practice the knowings that had come to me. So that was really a point at, uh, that where you were really, you, you'd had a previous understanding, if you will, an awareness and a consciousness of, of um, soulful acts, if you will. But this was yes. the kind of the, the crowning moment or the, the awakening, the ownership. Absolutely. You know, death is a great teacher. And after that, I held many babies in my arms who died and many people. And, mm. and so I really... Uh, somehow through that, you know, death takes away our masks, takes yeah. away all of our chatter. You can be as wealthy as you want to be or as, or as uh, famous as you want to be. But on my table at the Light Institute and at the moment of death, we are our own true soul self. And so I think that that's what triggered me into saying, okay, I really, <laughs> I am going to stand for what I know. And, of course, my work is all about helping you stand for what you know. <laughs> Very true. And, and, and I want to um, we're going to bring that up because there's there's a um, in, the, in the second segment, if you will, of the show, there's a whole point about the fact that this is when they come to the Light Institute, um, sometimes people or oftentimes, I think, and you'll be able to speak to this, obviously, with almost six decades of, of practicing here that. People believe that it's being done to them or somehow they are not the uh, the owner of the vessel. By so or, yes. No, yeah, go ahead. That's well said, James. You know, um, I, I think that our, all of our cultures, all of our education uh, teaches us to look outside the self rather than inside the self. And I had a great experience of that. Uh, as a, a professor at a natural healing school, uh, we began to study acupuncture. And this was a very long time ago. And when it came time to stick the needles, I intuitively said, no, I'm not going to continue with this. I, I wanted to know about the art of 
the many meridians and, and the body and, and again, a more developed textural uh, presentation. But I don't want to stick needles in someone and have them think, oh, you know, because I stuck needles in them, then they become enlightened or they become well or something like that. Because since a child, I have known that we have these powers inside us, James, you know, and um, we come we with have, them. We have to own that, as you say. Yes, we have to own it. And we and we come with them. And how did you um, Galisteo? And that's where the Light <laughs> Institute is. And the Najoni School um, for Global Consciousness was um, originated and so forth. How did you come to Galisteo? And, and before you answer, for people that have never been there, um, and I grew up uh, in the Midwest for a little bit and, and lived in uh, Clayton, New Mexico for some time. So mm. I have an appreciation for the beauty, for the energy of New Mexico, for the lands. They're, they're truly the, in, the land of enchantment, as they, as they say. But, <laughs> but here's Galisteo, and, and it is it's so rich and yet it is so tiny and it's so beautiful. But I'm I'm wondering how how is your soul called to be in Galisteo? <laughs> you know, uh, I was traveling back from the Peace Corps and looking for a place to settle down, and uh, so I chose New Mexico uh, because it had the background that I had been in Latin America, so it had the bilingual aspect and the Indian aspect. And when I came to New Mexico and traveled into Galiseo, it, it, you know, I would call New Mexico the land of entrapment. If you come here, <laughs> you, will, you will come again. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but Galisteo is within two hogbacks or two volcanic ridges, which create a little valley that at one time was an inland sea. And so it is a vortex of energy. It's a vortex of the future and the past. And it's an energetic vortex. And when you come into this little village uh, that has so much history, you can feel that. But I always say, you know, you can see as far as the eye can see in Galisteo. It's open, and we have a powerful sky. The Native Americans came here for more than 2,000 years to, quote, speak to their sky brothers. And so I felt that uh, expansion. And I always say, because we do have a little wind here, that if people come and just stand outside at the Galisteo uh, uh, Light Institute, they will get half the work. <laughs> they will be swept. Well, uh, very funny <laughs> that you say that, because literally, and I was just in my mind, in my mind's eye, envisioning that in between my sessions there, I would go outside and I would stand. But when I would arrive and when I had completed, and I would stand there in the center court, if you will, and the winds and so forth, and just stood there and felt the energy, the magic of the place. Um, and it's, it's, it's quite um, capturing is the word I would use, that it's... So I, I wanted to know why you, why you chose it. I understood why I loved it. but <laughs> Well, I chose it because I felt this energy here. And, you know, I lived here before I uh, developed the Light Institute. And... Uh, I, when it was time for me to leave after two years, I was going back to Bolivia, and I sat down at the river. There is a sacred spot. It's called a looks within spot that the Native Americans used up above the little – we call it a river, but actually it's barely a creek, you know. And I was sitting there, and all of a sudden I heard this panting, panting, panting. 
And I realized that I was sitting less than 10 feet away from a mother coyote and her two, her two babies. And she said psychically to me, as deep as you can go, so will we take you. And I knew that my, oh, my home was Galisteo. Mm. And, and it has always been there. You know, I think all of us have to find some place inside ourselves or are rooted to the earth or some place that resonates with us, that opens us, that says you are safe, you can expand, you can be yourself. And so Galisteo whispered that to me, that I was half-baked, I was not done, (laughs) and that I had much to learn. And so uh, this was the perfect vibration you know, there's six Native American uh, pueblos in this area, again, that uh, looks within and the um, uh, come to visit your Sky Brothers. All of that facilitated me to create the Light Institute here in Galisteo. And it's really quite, you, you mentioned two things. And one, just for all of the listeners, Galisteo is roughly 20 minutes um, by car from Santa Fe, the beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. So that is the the backdrop, the setting upon which the Institute lies. And there's something, Chris, that you just mentioned that, and I found this, uh, you know, living in Los Angeles, it's a, you know, in the, the urban epicenters, if you will, when we're in these large cities and we're, Mm. we're in, uh, you know, a Los Angeles, a Chicago, a New York, a Philadelphia, there's such a concentration of um, concrete, (laughs) (laughs) Um, of of the things that are hard and what what you realize is the necessity and the need for this connection to energy to the essence of life to nature Mm -hmm. and for you to have had that experience by the river we will take you as deeply as you will go Mm -hmm. speaks to the the need for nature, openness and and that is something that you truly experience at the Institute. Um, it, it's really quite breathtaking. When, when Chris says that you can see for miles, she's not kidding. I mean, it's, <laughs> but it's breathtaking miles, uh, you know. So I'm. But let me say something to inspire all of you city folk. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, first of all, of course, talking about nature. Uh, and another experience I had once was nature saying to me, you know, people will go to sacred places like Sedona or, you know, various places on the planet. And what this voice of nature said to me, anywhere you go in nature and sit, Nature will open up and speak to you and align you to your body because your body is made of all the elements of nature. And people have often said to me, why am I in this big city? You know, I long for uh, space. What my higher self says about that is that one of the themes for people who live in the city, and I think this is very true of you, wonderful that you have the background as a child to be in nature, but I think that the theme for people who live in cities is that you must learn to expand out, to be safe in the midst of humanity, in the midst of all the noise and all of the the motion, and, and still be in a meditative state, still find the self. And so I feel that when people find themselves in big cities, it's because you have a gift to all of humanity. And uh, the trick or the lesson for you, the gift is to be in humanity, but the lesson and the gift to you is to know that you can actually be in the stillness of your true self, your higher self, in the midst of anything. 
And once you begin to feel that, that you can walk down the street with the horns blowing and the sirens going and, and find that place of peace, then you really, really can begin to recognize you, yourself, as uh, uh, an instrument of the unmanifest, of the divine grace in the world. And so I, I honor all people who live in cities, too. It is quite a challenge, I know. Yeah, it, it, it is. But, you know, and you're right, because it, it's that, it is that moment of centeredness, if you will. If you, if you maintain that moment, moment of centeredness, or, or a better way, if you commit to it. Thank that, you. Beautiful. No matter where you live, if you commit to mm-hmm. this centeredness of being, and and I know that here in Los Angeles, I real I look I, I purposefully go to uh, Greystone Mansion sits here in in the uh, lower flats hills of Beverly Hills, but they have amazing parkland and so forth. And uh-huh. I just sit and I'll read, or I just absorb nature. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I watch the squirrels in and out of the uh, the trash cans. You know, they're quite <laughs> clever. They're quite yes. clever. And yeah, but it's something very soulful. You know, you we yes. walk the canyons. We do these types of things because mm-hmm. it is that magic that you're talking about. That when you can be in the epicenter of humanity, if you will, mm-hmm. and maintain a centeredness, um, then I think you're you're truly aligned or holding your alignment. Absolutely, and you know, James. Uh, everyone on the planet at this pivotal moment is looking for magic and they're looking to be a part of it. And unfortunately, we've got into that passive stage of uh, seeing it through a movie, you know, or a television series or something. And if, if you will, as you say, commit to giving yourself a moment to walk in nature, to sit in a park, to go to the beach, to look at the sky, you know, uh, that will fill you and that will help you to be yourself and to know that, again, you are safe because your life has purpose. And it's not that passive energy of watching. We are not just the watchers. <laughs> no, we are, exactly. We are the beers. <laughs> That's right. You know, I have a, a book I haven't ever finished. It's a photographic book. It's called uh, Rock Spirits. And I segment what rocks into uh, various, you know, devics or galactics or Indians or people or, or whatever. And one segment of them are called the watchers. And usually those are huge rocks that have faces that are looking up at the sky. Sometimes they look over a valley uh, or something, but usually they're looking at the sky. And so we have the watcher in us and we can learn from the watcher, but we need to be the beings. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Um, you're listening to Dear James Live on the radio with my guest, Chris Griscombe, Griscombe of the Light Institute. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the amazing Light Institute in Galisteo, New Mexico, along with Chris's book and the school that was founded almost 30 years ago, the Najoni School for Global Consciousness. We'll be right back after this message. To be more consciously enlightened is innate. Do you feel there's more to life? 
If so, find the resource that's right for you by going to dearjames.com slash resources. You are the reality you create. Make it a great one. When you ask a question, the universe hears you, and in a multitude of ways, they seek to communicate with you to provide the intuitive insight, answers, and advice you seek. From serious to silly, monumental to mundane, there's nothing the universe can't cover. Maybe the insight you receive is exactly the affirmation you were looking for. Then again, it may just give you a whole new perspective on things. And that's the beauty of the universe. Submit your question to Dear James at DearJames.com and click Ask. The gift of giving is immeasurable. Give of your time, talent, resources, and money. Give not only because you can, but because by doing so, it is already coming back to you. As a people, we are only as strong as the least among us. Together, we harness the power of the collective whole and see through our deeds the power of miracles, both large and small. Find the charity that's right for you by visiting www.dearjames.com and click on Charitable Giving. One person or kind act really does make the difference. everyone and welcome back to Dear James Live on the radio here on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Today my amazing guest Chris Griscom of the Light Institute and the Najoni School for Higher Consciousness, Global Consciousness. And before Chris we uh before we launch into everything about Najoni and the Light Institute, we have a caller so we want to take our live call from KJ from Arizona. Good morning. Hello. Kate. Hi KJ, are you there? Yes. Hi, good morning. How are you? You're on with Dear James and Chris. Okay. What's happening? Well, I just um, got an email, and I thought, well, I'll call the, the number, and then it answered, so here I am. So, guess here it's you meant are. to be. There you go. It is meant to. It's always meant to be when you call in at Dear James Live. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a specific question for either myself or Chris? Well, just probably in general, um, you know, career, family, money. <laughs> Career, family, and money. Yeah. So, career, family, and money. Well, let me let me say this. Um, there's always a point or a place of abundance within us, and what I'm what I'm feeling, and and we will talk about this on a private consultation. But what I'm feeling is that you're um, you're incredibly restricted or constricted mm-hmm. at this moment. And that has, you know, it, it's been a long road for you these past few years. I'm getting like the past three to five years has been very tough for you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So a lot of what's taking place, KJ, is it's a belief system. It's your belief system. And, and something that um, Chris and her amazing facilitators at the Light Institute, you know, we come into this life and Chris, jump in because this is, a, this is about yeah. multi-incarnational work as well. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we come with this basket of stuff. <laughs> yeah. That we're meant to go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. So what I would say is I was going to say the same thing. You're squeezing, dear heart. You're squeezing so much. And what you want to do to start a new octave of your life and allow, imagine that through all your incarnations, the all the good you've done, the cosmos wants to give you stuff through other people, through situations that you can't imagine at this moment. So two parts of an exercise one is to ask your body where is holding that squeezing i can't make it i can't get it and bring your awareness into that part of your body it's actually in your body as an energy and ask that squeezing what color it needs to be released and then imagine that you're putting the color in there afterwards if you get up and open your arms and spin to the right like a child you'll begin to relax and open your energy so that you can get creative ideas or be visible enough for whoever wants to come and help you can help you and the second part that i would recommend every day is as james was talking about ask your body where am i holding abundance you know when we're squeezing we don't realize maybe you're healthy maybe you love flowers uh, maybe there is uh, a person in your life who who uh, really honors you and so any kind of abundance, if you focus on that abundance and then open that up, then you are magnetizing more of that abundance to you, whether it comes again in relationship or money or job or whatever it is. You have to allow it. You have to say yes. And when we're squeezing, we're never saying yes. We might say yes, but, <laughs> but we don't say yes, I'll take it. So that's what I would suggest. And I want to jump in, Chris, on on when you said, where is she holding this in her body? And the two things that immediately came to me, um, KJ, for yourself, is in the heart and what I'm going to call the lower abdomen slash um, female organ area. Mm-hmm. And I very much get that you're, um, you've had a lot of hardship. You've had a lot of, um, and a lot of this is, the heart for me is that you haven't let it go. Yep. And the lower abdomen area, um, female organ region is this, um, it's like a rock. It's like a pit, a rock that is causing great turmoil within you. Mm -hmm. And you will be blessed to let this go. I was going to say you would be wise, but you'd be blessed to let these things go. Mm -hmm. Because the only person they're truly harming is yourself. Everybody showed up. It's a life is a play. I, I always say that that each each of our incarnations is you know we we have multiple incarnations within this incarnation that we're experiencing now, and everyone shows up. This is your play, and everybody you've invited them to come and play the role so that you would experience lessons and transcend them, not become them, not hold on to them, and internalize them to where they become poisonous. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of poison going on here. Yep. And the only person that has the remedy, the cure, is you. Yep. So so we're going to talk about a lot of, of that um, in your private consultation with me later. Um, but in the meantime, as Chris has, has said, and, and with quite brilliance, um, some of the, the, the most amazing work of uh, the multi-incarnational work at the Light Institute that added an, an, 
an incredible layer of depth for work that I have that I have done, and I'd never experienced this before. This is Chris and and her facilitators, and is when you ask the body, and it's really quite profound. And Chris, I'm so glad you <laughs> you brought that up, and <laughs> because when you say where am I holding this? When you ask your body, where am I holding this? You're going to get an instant answer. Mm-hmm. And you just have to trust that answer and you'll hear it. I mean, it's so, I mean, one of mine was it's in my left toe and I'm like, okay, it's, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then follow behind that is what color does that part of your body need in order to heal itself? And that comes right to you. I mean, that's instantaneous. Mm-hmm. And when you start then, as, as Chris, you know, you, you flood that area with this colored light, and you'll start to feel a shift. Mm-hmm. And that is the profound work. I mean, it's, we're going to go into all of what they do here in a minute. Um, but we have to start learning as, uh, that we're a vessel of energy, of light. And if we transcend these elements that if we do not become them, we transcend them, mm-hmm. then you release things, you become lighter, you become cleaner, more pure. Mm-hmm. And I so, would add one last thing to that, to say that <clears throat> what I can feel from you is that you have swallowed all this so deeply that you really think this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And it's important for you now to know that you are not your grief. You are not your shame. You are not the pain that you've experienced. You are not. And it's time to just say, that's all. That's it. Now I'm going to reinvent myself. As a child, even if you had a tough childhood, somewhere in there you were light. Somewhere in there you, you played and you, and you felt abundant. And you need to touch those energies again so that you can say, no, I'm not just this heaviness. I'm not this constriction, this squeezing. And you can do that. Do it now. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Absolutely. So, KJ, stay on the line. Barb uh, is going to take all of your information so I can follow up with you for your uh, private consultation. Okay. Okay. Well, and have God a blessed and beautiful day. Thank you day. so much. Yes, you as well. So, Chris, there, there is a tremendous example of, because I really felt this rock, this, you, <laughs> and when you said I, you I swallowed it. <laughs> yeah, you, you had it right on the nose, as I'm sure you always do. It's, it's just amazing the gift that you can give someone uh, by reflecting back, you know. This is, this is what you swallow, but this is not who you are. So beautifully done. No, absolutely. And so let's go into that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bounce this up. Well, no, we're not. We're going to stay with what I The Najoni School for Global Consciousness. Now, when I walked into the Institute in June, and mm-hmm. there's, a, you know, there's a display of Chris's books, and I was so drawn to this book. I mean, it just I, I knew I had to have it. I picked it up. Um, it was written 25 years ago. And yeah. I know, right? And the Najoni, <laughs> Najoni, the higher self in education. And I read this book and I just, I found myself nodding my head. Yes, yes, yes. I kept, it was so strange. And then I had this horrible, envious feeling of why wasn't this school around when I was growing up? <laughs> <laughs> Which was followed by a, this school needs to be here right now. <laughs> so, Chris, talk to us about Najoni, 
the book, the principles behind the book, because it's really for every parent and for every soul, for every child, it's an awakening. You know, I, I look at my nieces and nephews and my brothers and sisters and my cousins with their children. And, and I think, yes, yes, get this book and apply it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So talk, talk to our listeners about Najoni. Well, first of all, let me say it's, it's built on the principles of what I've been taught by my own higher self, my own intuitive essence, which is that children as souls choose their parents. for specific roles, for specific lessons that they feel uh, that they need for their own evolution. And so we should never look at children as if they were, I, I love it when people say, oh, the innocence. No, you and I are innocent too. You know, we don't understand that word. You really don't. What we need by innocence is they don't know what's coming. <laughs> and so uh, we need to, from early childhood, begin to listen to the wisdom of children. Children were never meant to sit in chairs uh, we call them attention deficit. It makes my heart sad to hear that word. Uh, they need to move. Uh, they express themselves through the movement of their body. They're still in and out of their body easily. They are connected to the cosmos. They're connected to their higher selves. And so we need to, first of all, listen to them as children. At about four, they will begin their games. When they're playing with themselves or each other, they will begin uh, talking about their many incarnations. And if parents understood that, they could say, and was I there? And how did we get along? You can save a lot of trouble with your children when they become teenagers if you listen to them when they were four, three or four. And so the school uh, began with the recognition that by clearing the parents, looking at many lifetimes with the parents, first of all, we could help you reinvent yourself. Uh, as a soul friend and see what the lessons or the themes are with the people around you and the uh, things that have been psychogenetically imprinted in you. So Nijoni is about uh, awakening the excitement of learning, not ABC, but rather teaching children, whether they're 60 or they're four, uh, that they have wisdom inside them and that they know the answers and that the answers uh, I always at Nijoni when we were teaching a course, you know, whether it was peace or it was mathematics or history, uh, we would always say, take this information and now compile it in a new way. Because truth is always changing through our experiences. And so uh, we are desperate for a new uh, system of education right now. And I'm sad to say that in the last 25 years since I've written this book, not much has happened in education. The only thing that's happened, which is something that my higher self predicted, was that we would have trouble conceiving, but that we would feel more honored at having children. We wouldn't feel that our life is wasted because children or that they're a burden financially or any of those things. And that we would begin to recognize who the teacher, who the student. Uh, what I say in the Nijoni book is that parents are changed by their children. And so the education goes both ways. And I am happy that a lot of parents today are feeling that their children need more than they get in public education. Uh, we need to see history in a completely different way. Uh, one of the exciting things that we would do in terms of just you know intellectual learning would be Okay, we're, we're learning Spanish or we're learning algebra or we're learning uh, uh, physics or chemistry. Go into a lifetime, go into an experience uh, in which you knew these things. 
And I saw children who were getting D's in mathematics get A's and be booted into advanced classes after one set. You know, uh, children who hated, maybe were afraid of uh, people that spoke a different language. You know, they were concerned about them or a different religion. So fine, let's have your experiences. And at the same time, let's look in this lifetime, what are the imprints that you have uh, been stained with psychogenetically from your religions, from your cultures, from your parents that have caused you to have fear? And so Nijoni education is really about dissolving away all fear on all levels so that you can get about uh, the adventure of of, uh, learning and the adventure of being alive. And, and something that I found, Chris, which is, and I, and I think it's the fundamental part, so I just want to back up a second, because the thing, that, the thing that came to me when I was reading this book was the fact that there's our premise, if you will, or the, the foundation upon which I think we have children, our societal belief is that these souls, these children, come to us incomplete, meaning, uh-huh. here, here's my baby, you know, I've just had my little boy or my little girl, and, yeah. and I, the parent, the caregiver... Am responsible for um, bringing them up to to raise them and so forth and so for an, for lack of better words the burden is upon me to ensure mm-hmm. that this newborn's child they they mm-hmm. they don't there's an absence of the fact that they look at their child as a soul let alone a complete soul that's right <laughs> let alone a complete soul that has come to teach them that's right and so. That's what struck me about Najoni and your book and everything was that the principles begin there, that, that parent, this is a whole complete soul. And when you fundamentally shift your, your perspective of that, your understanding of the fact that this soul is whole and complete, it's chosen you yeah. just as you chose it. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and then it, it completely changes the dynamic of the relationship because all Absolutely. of a sudden it's you say, I mean, cause all of a sudden it's not, you're not this child, this little newborn baby isn't incomplete. It's there to teach you. That's right. And you know, we say that the psychic doors are open until about seven. I dropped that to six. Now they intuit things. Remember that, a baby in the womb is not only sucking its mother's blood, but all of her emotions and psychically taking all of the thought forms of its father while it's in the womb. And what I notice is that, especially with little boys, at about three or four when they've started to develop their language, they're very confused, especially with their fathers, because they've always talked psychically with their fathers and suddenly the father's saying now come play ball with me and they're going but what wait i want to you know don't you remember what i said about this inside my head you know and so we start to to um acculturate them and say you have to do what we say you have to behave i have to go to preschool and all of that and the children are very confused because they're still getting psychic messages and but now suddenly no one's uh, observing those. No one is answering those. People are using language instead of knowing. And so it's very hard for children. So about seven, the, the psychic centers close to some degree. Exactly. What, Chris, my higher self Chris, actually, Chris, Chris, hold that thought one second. We're actually having a, a technical problem. So we're going to jump to a quick break and then come back so that we can 
clear okay. the line. So one second. You're listening to Dear James Live on Contact Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this quick break. love, acceptance. Who in this great universe inspires you? Whose love do you cherish? Who accepts you just for you? When was the last time you were inspired? When was the last time you told someone they're loved? When was the last time you accepted someone just as they are? Our words matter. Our deeds matter. Our lives matter. Inspiration, love, acceptance. Be the change you want to see in the world. www.dearjames.com and click on Inspiration. Available for private, individual, group, and corporate consultations, Dear James will provide you with the intuitive insight, answers, and advice to your life questions. Schedule your consultation by going to www.dearjames.com and click on Consultation. The gift of giving is immeasurable. Give of your time, talent, resources, and money. Give not only because you can, but because by doing so, it is already coming back to you. As a people, we are only as strong as the least among us. Together, we harness the power of the collective whole and see through our deeds the power of miracles, both large and small. Find the charity that's right for you by visiting www.dearjames.com and click on Charitable Giving. One person or kind act really does make the difference. When you ask a question, the universe hears you. And in a multitude of ways, they communicate to you the intuitive insight, answers, and advice you seek. Ask Dear James a question and experience the magic of the universe. Visit DearJames.com and click Ask. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dear James Live on the radio here on the Contact Talk Radio Network. My amazing guest today, Chris Griscombe of the Light Institute, and we are talking about, of course, the Light Institute and Najoni, the higher self in education. So before we went to the break, Chris, the fundamentals, the balance of the understanding, the shifting, if you will, um, of understanding that we choose each other, that we, that the soul of the child coming to the mother and the father, we all chose, we all agreed, and we are coming to this with um, an awareness of learning. 
Yeah, you know, the difficulty karmically about that is that we have traveled, we choose our parents because we've traveled with them for many, many lifetimes. They have been our teachers and our children and our, and our adversaries and our lovers. And so there's a lot of confusion that goes on in the emotional relationships with parents. Any, any mother will tell you that within the womb, each of her children feels completely different, has a different personality. She relates to them differently. The same is true of the fathers. So when we open up this information and you experience for yourself, who is this child or who is this parent? It sets us free. And that's what's so important is to begin to uh, experience ourselves outside of the limitation of how our parents see us. You know, parents, even loving, uh, intelligent parents will say to you, well, you are this way or you are that way. And you may never remember that they said it or you might, but that will form the limitations of what you manifest as you grow. And so clearing the parents is very, very important. I've done it myself 23 times every time I clear my parents. And I had a lovely childhood, uh, you know, so it's, it's just amazing to have this kind of information. And uh, when we apply these principles at at an educational level, again, it allows uh, young people uh, to feel themselves powerful, which is very necessary for teenagers, but children as well. And, and, like, and societally, if, if we, if oh, yeah. we uh, flip the switch, so to speak, or the, the mm-hmm. point of how we're interacting, that this is all then based, you know, that that we are energy, we have multiple incarnations, and that within this, the dynamic of how we or why we've chosen each other and something that you you do at the Institute, which is quite amazing, and, and with the school, with the Najoni um, school, was multi-incarnation work between parent and child. Yes. So will you talk about that dynamic? Because you write, at the, at, you know, in the end of the book, you give live real examples, real people, real examples. And just to share with our listeners that dynamic. It's really wonderful about that. On the first day, these are set for four days. And on the first day, we don't look at lives. We just look at the impressions we have of our parents. And we take the child back, or, or be a six-year-old, we take back to the moment before conception, because you have consciousness before you take on form. And we look down at the parents uh, to see why we chose them. But what is really inspiring to me, and I was surprised when I first began to practice this or to do this, was that people would say, oh, I knew my parents would born us. I knew I knew it before I was conceived. I knew that this parent would die. I knew this and that and the other. And it released so much karmic guilt and so much shame and so much that I'm not worthy and my parents don't love me and all these conversations when they could look down and see with their own knowing that they knew very much the structure of you know, that family unit, because in the past, our family units were always a triad, mother, father, child. And now that triad has become a square in a way, because now we have stepmothers and stepfathers and step grandparents. All of these beings are karmic to us. And so when a person has a chance to view 
uh, themselves, not as the victim of their parents, not unloved or, or, uh, in entitlement. I was the best loved and so I get this. All of that stuff goes away and we feel a kind of freedom and truth about ourselves, which we can apply to all of our relationships because James, <laughs> however your parents treated each other and however they treated you and you treated them in in many incarnations of the soul will be what you reenact now in your life. People say, why do I do this? Why do I have these kinds of relationships? Uh, well, look at another lifetime and you will see immediately the reason. And that's what frees you. You don't have to repeat it once you've released it energetically. That's why we added that to education. You know, that might be a little much for public education, but it doesn't mean that parents can't explore that with their children and uh, shift the balance of their families. Absolutely. And and. Chris, if we're going to, we have about eight minutes left and there's another caller. So I want to see if we can squeeze her in really quickly and see what we what we collectively get. And uh, before we close the show and we're going to have to have you back because I need like nine hours, not uh, (laughs) not just one. (laughs) So so let's go to Robin from L.A. Hello, Robin. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Wonderful. Wonderful. You're on with dear James and Chris. What's going on? Hi. Hi, I'm just uh, I'm calling to get a reading um, on my career today. Career? It's a career day, Chris. It's a career day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a career day across the world. Mm, yeah, exactly. It's a career day across the world. Um, <laughs> well, I will say this: your energy and your smile and your laugh is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So, huh? Let's see. I, what I'm instantly getting is you're looking, it's, it's the song coming into my head, uh, looking for love in all the wrong places oh, is okay, what I'm great. feeling. Like you're looking for love, meaning career in all the wrong places, um, okay. which means to me, what I'm getting is that you're not giving yourself permission to do what you really want to do. You're just looking for a job. Okay. Yes. Now, I'll jump in here and say it's it's so interesting because uh, when I beamed in, I got uh, yellow. Yellow is the color of consciousness. It's the color that calms and strengthens the nerves. But when people call for yellow or they're wearing yellow, it means that they have a wonderful intellect. And so, again, it may be that talking about your career, you're wanting to advance your career. You're wanting to get up on a on a higher level or a bigger level, and you have Robin what you need to get there, yeah, but you oh, okay. have to you have to see that as as James is saying, you know that that smile and that and that lightness. But underneath that lightness is is a very tight level of intellect, and I think it's very important for you to begin to. Uh, make sure that everybody else sees that so that if you're wanting to change careers or, or go up the ladder, that you flash that, flash that okay. yellow of, uh, of intellect, of consciousness, and so that people can begin to notice that that's who you are. You need to say, this is who I am, and I have these skills, and I'm going to function at this level. Okay. Yeah, okay. because I, because it's not, you know, what's funny is it's... it's um, you're wearing two masks is what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. You know, there are two masks mm-hmm. here. So um, there's the one that you're presenting to everyone. And there's mm-hmm. the one and what and I think what Chris, what I'm feeling is that, you know, you have much greater depth that that first mask, the the public one yeah. um, has all the strength. 
and it's like mis- weekly one. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's missing. You're you're not applying it um as as a foundational element consistently. You're you're okay. you're putting you're put, taking putting them on and taking them off. And so okay. especially when it comes to you going after what you want or giving yourself permission to really go after what you want, all of a sudden you forget the first mask and you think that you're not capable or worthy or able. And okay. so it kind of holds you. It 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 dims you down. It's okay. like a power surge is what I'm feeling. It's like, and they, they, you know, it gears down the power. Right. Right. Instead of, okay, instead of maintain, yeah. Instead of humming it, you know, maintaining the hum. Cause okay. you have a brilliant hum is what I, that's what I'm feeling. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. okay. So Robin, we're going to be, um, uh, Barb will take all of your information and then okay. I will come back to you, uh, for a private consultation. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're what you're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Okay, bye. So, Chris, before we wrap up, we're down to four minutes, and I am so sad because I want you to stay here forever. <laughs> you know, if there was, if there was one statement, and, and I want to tell all of the listeners, it's lightinstitute.com is the website um, for the Light Institute and for Chris and all of her amazing facilitators. They do, uh, facilitators, they do uh, multi-incarnational work and intensives throughout the world. Um, you can have them come to you. Um, and do private ones in that nature, or you can travel to where they might be doing something. But Chris, in 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 a minute or less, what yeah, throughout all the work, what's what's the lesson or the beauty or the gift, if you will? I think that the the most powerful gift is to discover that you have brought into this world more potential than you realize, <clears throat> and that it's time to expand to call in the magic, to call in the magnets, uh, to clear your karma energetically so that you can take your place in the world. And by that, I mean, you know, it could be only how you breathe out. If you breathe out happiness and knowing and connectedness to your higher self, you will be giving a gift to the world. We are all gifts to this world. And because things, reality is changing so rapidly at this time, we must look within. We must discover uh, what we have never known or only felt about ourselves, but we haven't activated. This is an activating time in the uh, karma of the earth and the karma of the human sapiens. And we need to give it attention and to, to really value ourselves. You know, we always look out at the outside, but we need to put our, our attention on the inside now uh, especially because we have the potential to live to be 120 years. What could we do in 120 years instead of the 75.5? So becoming healthy on spiritual levels, emotional, mental, and physical levels, that would be what I would say to people. Um, embrace yourself. Explore. And come to the Light Institute. <laughs> Absolutely, because it's a truly, and I'll, and I'll leave our listeners with this, it's an unveiling. And when we unveil yes. ourselves... When we then we unburden ourselves, mm-hmm. and I, I think we really truly then by doing the work by looking in, we then uh, we purify and and our levity, if you will, we come into our own. We really become who we've always been, and we're afraid to be. That's and, so beautifully put. And mm-hmm. in that, the Light Institute is certainly the place to go. 
I'm down to 30 seconds, Chris. It has been such a privilege and an honor. I absolutely adore you and your work, and I thank you so much for coming on the show. And I will have you back as many times as you are happy to be here. And, uh, <laughs> and to all of our listeners, I say to you, as I always do, no matter where you are or whom you're with or what you're doing, wrap yourself in goodness. This is Dear James live on the radio here on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Uh, Ask Sarah is up next. You've been listening to Dear James Live on the radio with your host, Dear James. Gain intuitive insight, answers, and advice to your life questions and so much more by tuning in next week and visiting DearJames.com. 